Some of you right now are thinking, didn't you just already preach? We ought to be at the end of this thing. Real close. Turn to the book of Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16. This series out of Peter is talking about being faithful to the finish. Trent uh, t- talked to us last week about what that means in terms of having a knowledge of your salvation, having a confidence in who you are and where you are in your relationship with God, and a continual growing of that faith. And, 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 and really understanding that God is keeping you. He's got all these precious promises for you. So he lays out this knowledge of salvation in, in the first half of this chapter. Then the second half, he's going to talk about the knowledge of his word. And you're going to need that because in chapter 2, there's a whole bunch of false teachers that are claiming some things like you're making this stuff up. Jesus really isn't God in the flesh. God isn't sovereign. He's not coming again. All this stuff out of chapter 2. Then chapter 3, he's going to turn around and challenge us to a knowledge of living holy. He's going to say, since you're God's people, you ought to act a certain way. So that's what we're going to kind of get overall through this book. But today, we're focusing in on his word. Now, one of the things Peter tells them in verse, uh, at the end of the, uh, uh, halfway through this chapter in verse 12, he talks about remembering things. He said, look, it's right for me to refresh your memory, to, to have you remember some things that I tell you. He said, I'm not going to be here very much longer. I'm not going to be, uh, I'm dying pretty soon, so I want to make sure when I go out that you hang on to some things I've written to you that are very, very important. And so he starts out with that because he was an eyewitness to Christ and to his glory, and so the words that he's saying are carrying weight. They're from God as well as the rest of Scripture. Let's look at what he says in verse 16. We did not follow cleverly invented stories. By the way, that's what the false teachers are going to have, cleverly invented stories. So we didn't follow those when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. This is the word for like mega thing. You know, mega glory is what he's going to be talking about. He said, Peter says, look, we didn't make this stuff up. I saw this with my own eyes. So this stuff, I'm writing to you about Jesus, I'm telling you, it's true. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Now you remember... In Luke, in Luke chapter 9, Matthew 17, Mark 9, all records the transfiguration. And Jesus says to Peter and a couple of the guys, come on to the mountain with me to pray. And they go up to pray, and while they're there, a bright, it says bright as lightning, comes across the face of Jesus. He's dressed in white, it's white, it's glory, and it's just shining bright. And all of a sudden, Elijah and Moses appear with him. And this is on the Mount of Transfiguration. There's this glory that takes place. And so they hear the voice of God say, This is my son whom I'm well pleased. Peter hears this. He not only sees his glory, he hears the voice of God. And then when they get ready to go down, they're a little bit scared. And Jesus walks over and touches them and says, Don't be afraid. They saw, they heard, and they felt the Son of God. And got a little glimpse of the glory that was going to come. 
So he says, look, I'm not making this stuff up. This story of who Jesus is and what he's done and where he came from and what he can do for you, it is true. And I'm, what I'm writing to you, it's straight from God. We didn't make this up. Remember the Christ. Then he tells them this. Verse 19. And we have the word of, of the prophets made more certain. And you'll do well to pay attention to it. Now that just can't sound, kind of sounds like something my mama would tell me. You know, your, your folks ever say that? You know, you do well to pay attention to that, right? You know, if they ever say that, you might want to pay attention to that. It's exactly what he says. You, would do, you will do well to pay attention to it. As to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Now, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. It didn't originate with him, is the idea. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So he tells them this about the Bible. These scriptures that are coming to you, that you follow, that our founding fathers put some hope and faith in, developed our nation, by the way. These scriptures were not, did not have their origin in man's will or human's will. They had their origin in God. And he used men by way of the Holy Spirit, to write these things down. So this book of 66 books we have, this is from God. You can count on it. You can put your faith in it. These are the words of God. Now the Word of God is able to do a lot of powerful things. The Hebrew writer says it can cut to the heart and the, the, the marrow of the bone. The Word of God can change our lives. Look, the Word tells you how to have a better marriage. It tells you how to raise your kids. The Word of God tells you how to be a good employee or an employer. The Word of God has something useful. As uh, Phil said earlier in the text, Paul wrote that it is useful for teaching and for correcting and for rebuking and for training in righteousness. It'll train you and teach you how to live the right way. The Word of God will. So that's why it's so important as a church that we must be committed to studying and putting in our hearts the Word of God. Look, we don't have all the answers. We are still learning. We can't go around with some kind of arrogance saying, I've got everything right and your group's wrong. It can't be that. It's got to be a spirit that says, God, I don't understand all your Word, but I'm, I'm committed to it and I'm going to keep on learning. And I am so grateful that grace not only covers my bad behavior, it covers my bad theology because I don't know the Bible perfectly. Do you? So by the way, when you're studying with somebody that has a little different background than you, give them a little grace. We're all trying to learn in this thing together. But God's Word has that ability to change our lives. Right now, you imagine with me just walking in your front door to your house, however you go in. I bet right now you could tell me, you could just go through that door and you could tell me where a Bible is in your house. Can you do that? How many people have a Bible in your house? Everybody. 
and probably four or five, six of them. You've probably got about 30 or 40 on your iPhone, don't even know it's there, right? I can't get to them. I know it's there somewhere. You know, I'm trying. You know, all this touch and screen stuff. You know, the other day I was on a regular computer. And I reached up to touch the screen and like, what's wrong with this thing? I got so used to my iPad. You didn't know I was all high tech, did you? That's Trent's influence. He told me one time, we're sitting on the front row about the second time he preached. We're sitting on the front row and he had his iPad and he had his sermon there. And he, uh, I said something to him about, they got all that on, on your iPad? And he said, yeah. Uh, he said, I'll, uh, I'll show you how to preach from, my, from your iPad sometime. So I leaned over and I said, well, I'll show you how to preach from the Bible sometime. <laughs> when you see him, mention that to him, okay? <laughs> the Word of God. He says here that it is a light shining in darkness. You know, when you, uh, you've been in one of those places, right, where the lights go out and everything's just, boom, dark. Isn't it amazing what darkness will do, do to us? I, when I was a little boy, we, we didn't live very far from the baseball field. Now, in the summertime, I spent a lot of hours at the ball field. And so uh, even after everybody's playing ball, we'd stay around, whatever, and then I would walk home. And uh, uh, I'd, I'd walk down the street a while, and I could still see the park, and the lights were on. And I could turn and come up my street, and you could still see the lights. I couldn't see the park anymore, but I could see the lights. And so, you know, I was fine. And then one day, uh, I was coming home late at night, and I got right around that corner, and somebody, they turned the lights off at the ballpark. And it was all of a sudden just, boom, dark. I don't know, somebody didn't tell them, y'all supposed to wait till Mike gets home before you turn the lights out, you know what I mean? All of a sudden it got dark and I'm walking and all of a sudden I hear something in the bushes. I didn't hear that before when it was light, but I heard it in the dark, you know. So you go a little further, I'm walking faster and before long I kind of go into a little trot and I'm, and a car drives by and I'm thinking, that somebody's fixing to jump out and beat me up. I, you know, I mean, all these things just grow in your mind, right? And so I, and I kind of come up over the hill and I see my porch light on and I'm like, oh, there it is, you know, home, right? Safety. Light does that for us. And the Bible is our light in darkness. And so whenever you're confused or broken in life or you're down or you can't, you don't really know which way to go, this is where you turn. See, David said, I've hid the word in my heart that I might not, you know, sin against you. There is something profitable for memorizing the word of God. Now I would encourage you to memorize paragraphs so you don't get all out of context too much, but memorize the Word of God. Hide it in our hearts. Now, I remember when I was in school of preaching, they wanted us to memorize all these verses, especially Bill. All these outlines of Matthew and Romans and all. And, and, and I think, why am I memorizing? I can just open it up and read it. There's something powerful. Though. I'm so glad they encouraged that. Something powerful about hiding the Word in your heart. Because just when you need, just at the time when your life's all messed up and broken, all of a sudden that Word comes right back up out of your heart and it's there to help you in life and to point you in the right way. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for, uh, and all you teachers for hiding that Word in hearts of our kids in Bible class. We need to know the Word of God. And we need to keep hiding it in our heart. It lights our way and shows us the way to go. We need to study God's Word. He says it's a light in darkness. But not only is it a light in darkness, 
he says, it came from God. So Peter says this. Remember the Christ. Say that with me. Remember the Christ. Got it? That's what he says first. Then he says, pay attention to the Word. Say that with me. Pay attention to the Word. It is from God. Say that. It is from God. So Peter tells them, remember the Christ. Pay attention to the Word. It's your light. It's the direction. And it is from God. It didn't come from man. Only God could put this together. So I'm saying it's time to call first God's people before we start hollering at the nation too much. We better holler at ourselves a little bit. Calling our people to get back to the Word of God. Because we got our culture as well uh, as, well as our, our leaders trying to take us in a direction that is not... It does not go along with the Word of God, and it's time that God's people get back in the Word where they can stand up for what's right. And we need to be a people that will stand up for what's right. We're not going to stand up. I don't want to stand it up being mean-spirited. We shouldn't stand up with hate. We shouldn't stand up with anything that discredits us. We should stand up full of love for every human being. We should, but we still should stand up. We should stand up and say what God's Word means about marriage. And before you jump off onto gay marriage, some of you living together, get back into marriage where God says you get. You don't, you don't do that. You don't do that. We gotta call ourselves back to the Word of God where we will stand on it, where we will study it, and where we will say that's our hope, that's our help, that's the direction we want to walk in. We have to do it in a way that says to the world, look, we're still learning, but we've got great news for you. This Word is powerful to change the hearts of people. It can protect our hearts and at the same time provide us with the power and strength to reach out to our own nation. So as God's people, let's commit to knowing the Word of God and standing on it once again. So when you walk in your house... Don't leave your Bible closed anymore. It's time for God's people to open it up, study it, learn it, and share it with those around us. Always in the spirit of the greatest command. Loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself. But I am tired. I'm tired of letting our culture and our educators and our lawmakers... Tell me what's right and wrong. I'm only going to let God do that. God. We've seen the song, the old song, Give Me the Bible. Remember that song? Holy Message Shining. I promise you, you spend time in this book. It will make a difference in your life. Someone asked me, said, Mike, why do you teach someone that doesn't, doesn't believe the Bible? I teach them the gospel. Yeah, but Mike, they don't, you don't understand. They don't believe the Bible. It doesn't matter. The gospel has the power to what? Change their hearts. 
So that story of their answer to their brokenness can open them up to study the Bible. It's because it's truth that's all wrapped up in this. For from the very beginning, this book is a story about a loving God who desires to have a loving relationship with mankind in their brokenness and how he's provided his son to make that happen. That's the whole story of the Bible. I mean, as one guy said, from generations to maps. <laughs> I think he meant Genesis to, you know, whatever's in your Bible. Right? Get, in, get into the Bible. From the beginning of mankind to the time Jesus comes again, this still has the answers for your life. And I'm so glad because I hear a lot of advice coming from a lot of different voices. But I'm thankful for people like Peter who said, Hey, I heard the voice of God, and that's what I'm writing down. And all these men that God used. By the way, he used unholy, sinful men. Men who had their own problems that he changed their life God used to write this Bible. Old Peter, John, and those guys. Look, they're human. They had sinful problems just like you, you do and just like I do. And yet God used them. By the way, that gives me hope. God used those guys. He can use you too. He can use me too. And all my mess-ups. He can take my mess and turn it into a message through the power of this Word. God desires to use you to change the people you're around by sharing the good news found. In this Bible. Father, we love you. Thank you, Father, for your book reminding us of the Christ. May we pay attention to the Scriptures. And may we always remember they come from you. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that lives in us, the one that carried men along that wrote these words. Thank you, Father, for this Bible that's used as a sword to, Father, to cut to hearts of men. Thank you, Father, for those that have taught us long ago. I'm thankful, Father, for our founding fathers, those that committed to this word. And I pray, Father, for a return of our leaders to believe in your word. I pray for a revival in our nation. I pray for a renewing and refreshed spirit in our churches. And we are thankful, Father, for the grace that you give us as we study and as we learn and as we grow through the word that you provide us. Thank you, Father, for the light that shines in darkness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have a need to respond today, please do so while together we stand and sing.